Amen. Hallelujah. Can we go to slide number three in the presentation? So uh, when I talk about Inspire for Hope, I tell everybody they are my people. They're my people. And what I mean that is because I can relate to what they're going through, how they feel. Um, The rejection is so real. And God is doing and establishing something different in this dispensation of time. And he wants the church to wake up. We need to get back to the foundation of the message of the cross. Okay? What we do when we evangelize, we don't think about those who are sick, those who are crippled, those who are blind, those who need healing in the body of Christ. And because of the rejection, they don't have anywhere to go to. They fall into the traps of sin and different cultures that are going to provide them the safe haven that is contrary to the word of the Lord. It blew my mind when I saw 10, 11, 12, 13-year-old men and women who have major disabilities find passion and love in the hands of someone of the same gender as them. Someone who can't reason to full capacity. And I ask myself, how did this happen? We are not giving them the message of the cross and the hope. So about, I think my son was five years old. I stood in my apartment. I stood in my apartment, and I cried unto the Lord, and I said, there has to be more to life than this. Mind you, I was raised in the church. Um, I thank God for my grandmother who instilled prayer in my life, and she showed me the one thing that she did when she encountered trouble. She lay prostrate on the ground. She tied her head, and she prayed, and that's the vision that I have of her every time I remember her. So I, I stood in my apartment, and I prayed, and I said, God, If you don't do something right now, I'm going to take my life and I'm going to kill my son. Can I be honest? Okay? And instantly, I felt the hand of the Lord. It was like a vision in front of me. I couldn't see the face or the body, but I saw an image of some sort. Take his hands and put his hands over my head. I fell to the ground and I I woke up. I don't even know how long I was on the ground for. But when I woke up, I knew that God had touched me. And from that day, I was different. We hear small uh, testimonials of miracles, signs, and wonders. They are so real. I probably would have taken my life that day. But I thank God because when no one was around to minister to me at that particular time, he showed up right on time. And so the message that I have for you, I thank God for this, um, this opportunity because I said, Lord, if this is what you have for me, then I need you to open the door. And um, my friend Kanita, who um, is also a student at Fuller Theological Seminary, where I am currently a student at as well, she was like, wait a minute, I'll go to Fuller. And that's how we started that conversation. And I told her that my focus was on justice and advocacy to to be able to advocate for um, caregivers and children living with special needs. And then, boom, (laughs) this opportunity came about. Um, Before I continue, I just want to acknowledge the man of this house, Pastor Benson and your beautiful wife, First Lady, how you doing? (laughs) Good to see you both and meet you for the first time. And so the Lord is opening the doors in in this time for me to share this message and that we have to go and seek and save those who are lost. And there is... Um, a group of caregivers and people with disabilities who are unchurched. 
they are unchurched. They have no overhead. And so they are in these facilities that don't offer Jesus, that don't pray with them. So how can they find the hope that they need to know that it's okay, that you're still loved no matter what you look like, no matter what your intellect um, ability is, no matter whatever you've gone through, that God still loves you and there is still purpose in this life for you. We are all born with gifts, talents, gifts and different talents. In the video, you probably saw two individuals. One of them was playing the piano. His, um, he is blind. He has never taken piano lessons, and you probably couldn't hear him, but this brother can play by ear. And so when one part was taken away, God gave him an increase in another area. And so he was playing gospel music, playing classical music, and all this stuff. And I'm like, how is this possible? I've been taking piano lessons for how long now? And I can't do what he can do, okay? So that's a gift. And then you have Sarai, who was a student of mine who was diagnosed with autism. And she's singing, and, I'm, and, and, and she has the ability to play by ear. And I'm like, that is a natural gift. You, we see musicians all the time. They may not be able to read music, but they, once they hear it, that's a natural gift that God has given them. And so although these people have disabilities, we have to tap into their giftings. And what is it that God wants to do through you in this place that you're in? So there's purpose for them. There's things that they can do in, in the church. You know, they can be ushers just in a way for them to serve and fill community. But in this slide, slide number three, if you can go, is a picture of me and my family. On this Father's Day, I did uh, share the link with my husband, so he's probably listening and love you, babe. <laughs> um, this is my husband. Um, so I can just get, give you a snippet of who I am because our testimony tells us a lot about where people have come from, and it also shows you who they are. And so I had my son at two, 2002. By 2004, I became a widow. My husband, which is his father, was murdered. He was stabbed to death. Tragic story, right? So it's just been trauma after trauma, and I'm trying to get into my adulthood, establish what, what I'm supposed to do, and all these things keep hitting me. Anyways, so by 2006, I met this fine young man. And um, one of the things that I said, I said, God, I'm not going to find a brother who's going to find me attractive and want to take the responsibility of being my son's father. Well, <laughs> he showed me that I was a lie. Okay? You got to have faith. You got to have faith, y'all. And so for y'all sisters out there who's single, listen, God has somebody for everybody. Just wait on the Lord. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so in 2008, we got married, and we had our daughter Zion to the far right, your far right. Um, that's Zion. And then uh, Matthew, who's the little uh, boy in, in between us, he's uh, four, going to be five. That's Matthew. And that's my niece, uh, the, the young lady with the um, braids. So we were watching her for that weekend. So she ended up being a part of the picture. But this is my wonderful family. Uh, my husband, Reverend Dr. Manuel A. Howard, in his absence, he sends you his greetings and love. I, you know, I got to acknowledge my husband because um, we are in partnership together in this. Um, and we are in the midst of growing a major special needs ministry at our church. But the Lord allowed me to establish Inspire for Hope as an incorporation because in order for you to get access, you can't come as a church. And I realized that real quick because we were something else before we were inspired for hope. And the Lord said, I need you to get access. And so these facilities, they don't want them. They, they want to separate 
Jesus from everything else. And so, although we are a faith-based, nonprofit organization, when I come as Inspire for Hope, they receive me a whole lot better. And so I was, I'm able to have access to the school district um, and to other organizations that provide services to people with special needs. And so they are very protected. As you see, you can't walk around and see many of them. There's a lot. When I say a lot of them, there's a lot of them, okay, that are not in the churches. You will not see them. You know why? Because we haven't provided anything for them to do. We're, we're not going out and we're not telling them that they're welcome. Imagine living a life and there's a God who loves us so much, but no one is saying that. But let me tell you something. The same way that God found me in that apartment, I already knew him then I'm sure that he is speaking in the hearts of these people. But we have to open the doors of the church to people living with special needs and caregivers. All right, I'm going to move on to our mission. It's going to get good, y'all. Let me hurry up. All right, our mission is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to families who have been affected by disability. Okay, I want to read some statistics to you guys real quick. In the United States, according to the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, about one in six children in the U.S. has a disability. One in six. This includes children with physical, mental, or developmental disabilities. The most common types of disabilities in children are autism spectrum disorder. About one in 54 children in the USA. Cerebral palsy, that's what my son has. About one in 300 children. Down syndrome, about one in 700 children. Um, Menjobi, which was a young lady from Nigeria, she found me on Instagram, okay? And the Lord spoke to me. He said, this is an international ministry. This is not just for here because the children in Africa that have special needs, they're putting them on the side of the road. They think that they've been possessed. This is old thinking, right? Old stinking thinking that something is wrong with them, that they're possessed, and um, they're just a menace to society or whatever, and they're not taking care of them or providing um, the therapeutic services that they need in order for them to flourish. So in Africa, there is no accurate data on the number of children born with disabilities. You know why? That's because they're not providing the services for them. So all these kids that are born with disabilities, they're rejects. They put them on the side of the road so they could die, throw them in a river, whatever. It's, ho it's, it's horrible. It is horrible, and it is time as the body of Christ, I don't want to say the church, the body of Christ, the bride, that he has called us to be, to stand up for righteousness and to advocate for those who do not have a voice for themselves. Next slide, please. All right, our vision. Inspire for Hope Incorporated is looking to partner and assist churches locally and internationally establish a special needs ministry as their local church, at their local church, in order to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to families affected by disabilities. Inclusivity. When we talk about inclusion, this is what we want. We want to be able to sit in the church with you all, in spite whether my son is rocking, and I'm going to tell you a story about that, or whether a child wants to jump around or whether whatever it is. We try to confine church into this organized thing, and God functions in dysfunctionality, right? And so this is um, holy ground. This is where healing is supposed to take place. And when we look at it as 
it's supposed to be this formal thing where we sit, right? We can't talk. We can't this. The baby cries. They got to leave. When we look at it, that, at, at it in that perspective and we have people, people recording, so you have to be quiet, we, we take the Holy Spirit out of it. That's not what church was supposed to be. God didn't even preach within the, this confines. He went out to the people, and he preached right where he was, outside. And those who were crippled, they brought them to, to Jesus so that he can heal them and do what he needs to do. And if we're the hands and feet and the continuation of his legacy, right, and his ministry, what are we doing as a church, as the body of Christ? And this is not to um, come against the church, right, because I feel like God is constantly revealing to us who he is and what he wants us to do. They didn't get it right back then, okay? <laughs> Based on history, they messed up too. Look, listen, God is constantly evolving um, his message and, and showing us what he wants us to do. And so I'm going to tell you a quick story. I went on to Florida to Holy Land or something like that. And they um, had this major production. My son was like five years old, very small, and he was in his stroller. And so we were, we were there. We paid a lot of money. We were from Pennsylvania, so we flew out to Florida, paid all this money, got there, sat down, and someone tapped me on my shoulder. And I'm like, well, what's going on? They asked me to leave. They said, we're doing production, and your son is just rocking too much. That was the first time. I have ever experienced major rejection. I cried so much. I, I never knew that was a thing. I never, I never, been, I'm trying to understand what's going on with my son. My, meanwhile, he's like five, between five and seven, still trying to grasp it, right? In denial, out of denial, I don't know what it was, but I'm, I, there's so much to this thing that I'm still trying to figure it out and to have gotten into a place where, holy land, Right? We're here to see a show about Jesus. And then you tap me on my shoulder and tell me I have to leave. So they took us and they said, well, we have another room for you. All we walked so far. It was like a mile down in another room that was bigger than this. And the TV screen was literally smaller than this. And I said, I'm sorry. I gave it back my refund and we left. But my husband, um, he, he didn't know what to say to me. This is not his, his son, right? And so he took, he took the, the burden and the responsibility to now step in place of this child's father. What do you do? Because I don't know if he really know what he signed up for. That's what I'm thinking, right? Because we're newly married at that time. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so embarrassing. And I was like, oh, my God, this is really a real thing. Not in saying it in, in this formality. I was just crying, just, just distraught. Um, and we went back to our hotel, and we just enjoyed the rest of the time that we were supposed to be there. Another time, I went to a church. My, now my son is full grown. I was actually um, invited to do my internship and had to sing. Um, and I brought my son because I didn't have anybody to watch him. And he's in his wheelchair. He's, he's a rocker. That's his thing. He loves to worship. And this is how he worships, right? He, he's just a rocker. He la not laughs out loud, but he giggles. And so um, they had asked me to put him in another room. Again, production. For the sake of production, we don't want the noise to come out. But listen, what does healing and deliverance sound like? Huh? Is it silent or do you hear the groans of people that needs to be delivered and set free from whatever it is that has kept them bound? And so we're so filled with production and, and this being in order and da-da-da-da-da-da. But listen, there are people who really need Christ. What are we doing? We need to step out of that mentality and just let the people come. 
So we always talk about inclusion. And this is what we want. We want to be included, right? We don't want to feel like something's wrong with us. Okay, we don't want y'all to see that, oh my God, and or, or have pity, right? Don't have pity because God put me here. Because when you have pity on me, then you're showing me that something is wrong. And I don't want to feel like something is wrong. I'm trying to survive and get through this. And so we want inclusion. But when, when, when churches try to um, establish uh, some form of a bridge between, you know, the body of Christ and, and people with disability, the first thing they think of is access. Okay, we're going to put up a ramp or a stair lift or whatever it is so that they can get into the building. But when they get in, what are you giving them? And so, you know, sign language is an amazing thing. I, I, I'm just amazed by how people can even learn that stuff. I didn't even get to that point. But, you know, it's just the miracle of God and how he allows us to communicate non-verbally and people understand. Those who are deaf, they can still receive Christ through sign language. Those who cannot see, they can still receive Christ through the hearing of the word. So there is something called developmental delayed, and so that's where others cannot process what you're actually saying. You don't know if, they're, if they can understand you or not. But I'm going to tell you something. They understand. My son may not be able to understand everything I'm saying, but when I turn that worship music on, trust and believe he's worshiping. God will find a way. There is a way to communicate. Have you ever seen someone who was close to death? My husband's a hospice chaplain, and... He says that on their last days where they can't remember anything in the world, and he sings to them, they remember these old hymn songs that they learned from when they were like kids. And they're singing Blessed Assurance, but then they can't even remember the names of their family members. Hey, shakarabasurai. Do something today, Jesus. Hallelujah. And so our responsibility is not to figure out how they're going to understand. It's, our job is just to give it to them. Give them the message of hope, the message of the cross. Next slide, please. Luke 14, 12, 14 says, He said also to the man who had invited him, When you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you will be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. When we have church, don't always look to invite your neighbors, your friends. Invite someone who has a child with special needs. So, somebody in here, raise your hands if you know someone who has a child with this disability. All right. You see what I'm saying? We have to invite them. Make adjustments. Move the chairs out the way <laughs> so that they can come. We all know somebody. Now, we don't know what they're personally going through, but I can tell you from my experience the different things that I had to go through, and that's the constant rejection. I made a post the other day, and I, I, sometimes I feel like people don't respond because they don't know how to respond. But respond to show support. That's the least you can do is to show that you're in it with me, even though you may not fully understand what this is. But I know that the message um, and the responsibility and the calling of Inspire for Hope is so big that I cannot carry this on my own. I'm one person. 
So I need people who believes in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, his miracles, signs, and wonders, because I feel like this ministry is going to evolve into this, like, healing ministry. And healing looks like so many different things, y'all, okay? Healing of the mind, healing of the body, healing of the spirit to finally know, my God, I belong. There is a father who loves me. And all this time I thought that I was a reject. I don't have a father, a mother. Some parents have, have abandoned their children. They, they don't even know what that love feels like. And just to walk around functioning but not functioning is the worst place to be in. To constantly feel that emptiness inside. And so I've, I've had to deal with that rejection for, what, 20-something years? To know that um, when people see me and they know that I have a child living with special needs, the first thing that people ask, well, what did she do, right? And so there is a verse in the Bible where, the, where Jesus was passing along uh, the, the side of the road. Hold on, let me make sure that that's not one of the scriptures that I'm using. Okay. He was passing along the side of the road and he saw a man that was blind. And one of the, um, his disciples said, Jesus, why is this man blind? Um, it was something that he did, right? And Jesus said, no, there was not, neither his, him or his uh, parents did anything wrong. But this man is in the way that he is so that God can be glorified. And the Lord got the glory after he healed them. And everybody was asking him questions. Well, what in the world? Are you the same person that was blind from birth? And the parents were so terrified, they didn't know how to answer because they didn't experience the, the healing touch of God. Do you know what we can do when we allow the saints to get out of uh, um, thinking that the service also has to be in specific order, but allowing the Holy Spirit to really move and allowing the miracle signs and wonders to flow through us, the, the amounts of people that will fill this church? That's what he's calling us to do. We are his legacy. We have to continue the work of Jesus and not just talk about sin, you know, or salvation, right? But to also talk about his healing, his love, his compassion. My first point in, in reading this, um, my first um, scripture was community. We all need community. We're here. This is our community. When I'm going through something, I can call sister so-and-so and tell her what I'm going through. I can have coffee with pastor or first lady. This is what I'm going through, and they will help me get through it because we all need community. They need community, but the community that they have is not introducing them to Christ, and that's fine. They need a other community to help them find their way through, through the body of Christ. Amen? The next point that I wanted to say was we need to be more compassionate. We need to have compassion for people. You know, and, and, and the only way we can have compassion is really through the love of Jesus. When you look back over your life and see what God has brought you through, it humbles you. It humbles you. Because if God did it for me, he can sure enough do it for you. And compassion allows us to walk with people at their pace. Sometimes, I, I was there, I want to do this so quickly. Like, God didn't do this for me overnight. It took some time. I had to walk with him a little while longer and go through some stuff. Okay? That part that part. <laughs> John 9, 1 to 3 says this, and as he passed by, this is the, the scripture that I was telling you guys about, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that works of God might be displayed in him. And so I just talked about that. And so Jesus stopped by because of compassion. He saw that this man was blind. He could have kept on going, but he said, mm, that's my people. 
<laughs> oh, this is my assignment right here. And that's how we have to look at people. Oh, that's my people. That's your assignment. That's your assignment. Can I pray for you for a second? They may say, no, it's all right. In your heart, you pray. God hears you. He hears your prayers. Sometimes we just need a middleman to intercede. Jesus interceded, okay? He interceded for us on the cross between God, Jesus, and us. Sometimes somebody just got to intercede. Who is interceding for those who cannot advocate for themselves? We have to do it. The next slide that says love and on a mission. Romans 10, 13 to 15 says this. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him in whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of? How are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. How beautiful is the feet of those who preach the good news. How? How can they hear? How can they believe? How can they see? If they have no one to introduce them to Christ, it won't happen. It won't happen. So we have to intercede. Now God's call. Now, God's call to those who have heard and believed is to align their mission with God's mission, which has remained the same throughout the ages. And so when you align with God, he aligns your life so everything that you do aligns with his will and not your own will. And lastly, the Great Commission. God sent us on a mission. Matthew 28, 18 to 20 says this, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. And I said nations. Okay, so I'm thinking, I'm from Haiti. So I'm like Haiti, Africa, Jamaica, America. But he says all nations, right? And so when I think about this group of people, it rings a bell, all nations, every tribe, right? Those of every tongue, those with special needs. It's a big thing, and I feel like my job is to wake up and open our eyes to a group of people who are completely unchurched. They are not in the churches. There are no ministry to cater to people with special needs, nor the caregivers. And so what my husband and I have been able to do was when I have a singing engagement, he stays home with the kids. When he has a speaking engagement, I stay home with the kids. And sometimes we are able to come together. But this is how we've been able to kind of help one another, right? Not, not, there are not a lot of places we can go aside from our church that I, I feel com- comfortable and safe in and bringing our entire family. How will we be received? Will I feel rejected? Will they talk about me? I don't care if you talk about me anyways because, listen, God, God's got us. But just not knowing what you're go- walking into, and I feel like sometimes at this point my husband does it too, and I'm like, no, I'm not ashamed of my child. I'm going to take my ch- son, and it is what it is, right? <laughs> Because that's my seed. That came from my womb. That is my child. And so no matter what it looks like, he's still mine, right? (laughs) And that's how God feels about us. We belong to him. No matter what they're doing, no matter what they look like, 
no matter the dysfunction that they had, they're still his. We belong to the Lord. And so when we look at disability, disability looks like a lot of different things. There are some who are more functional than others. My son, he's in a, as you saw, he's in a wheelchair. He has um, uh, cerebral palsy, so, but he can walk in his gait trainer, right? So to minister to someone like him, he loves music. The music ministry, that's probably where he's at. And I said, if we really gave Marcus a job, he would be a really good greeter because he loves to smile. Something so little. I will put you as an usher, my brother, okay? You can usher. You know how many people come into the house of the Lord out of obligation? I'm just checking in, right? And that, or, or they're going through so much. When they see my son in this wheelchair with the joy of the Lord, it changes your perspective. Like, how, if you can worship God in this capacity, and he doesn't know, he has no idea. We see him, and we're like, man, he's restricted. He don't see his restrictions, Right? And so the, the beauty is in the eyes of the beholder, right? He doesn't see these restrictions that, that he has. And so he can freely worship God with all of his heart. So you know what that would do to a person? They, we will humble them as soon as they hit that door. When they come in here, their perspective is different. After the, I pray for me, child, I'm praying for Marcus, right? Lord, touch him, bless him, keep his joy. And so that's his spiritual gift for me. I feel like he, he has a spiritual gift of joy. Um, it's really contagious when that boy starts smiling, for real. <laughs> um, so I thank God for that. And so we need to be more open as the body of Christ to make adjustments and to be able to minister to those living with special needs. Now, it's not easy. It's really not easy. And the best thing that we can do is talk to the parents and ask them what they are in need of, just to get a better understanding. I personally feel in, in this time... Every church should have a nurse. <laughs> if you are a nurse, listen, render your gift to God. You know, render your gift to the Lord because someone may fall, you know, and have a, a medical condition. I feel like we need more nurses. We need more social workers in the church that are ready to render their gifts. There's such a need. Um, you know, they find opportunities in nonprofits and organizations um, that provide these services for people, but we need, we need them so strongly in the house of the Lord. And if we have a few volunteer nurses and um, social workers, um, then I feel like we would be more equipped to handle uh, more children with special needs. But there is no better caregiver than the parents. And so you don't separate the parents from the caregivers until they feel comfortable that they can leave the child you know, with, with, you know, but again, we talked about inclusion, right? So it's not separating them from us, but including them with us. And that's really the goal. Some say, well, that could be dangerous because some are, some are um, flyers. So I say flyers because at the brink of a minute, they may jump up and want to run around. Let them run around. Make way. Hey, Joe's coming. Let them worship. Most likely if you play music, they ain't, sit, they ain't sitting still. And that's a challenge because we don't understand. But think about it. If, was that, if that was your child, how would you treat that child? And we are all children of the Lord. And we have to see every child as our own too. You know, and that's where the compassion comes in. And that's where the love comes in. So I'm open to take any questions. Praise the Lord. <laughs> uh, any questions that you all may have about Inspire for Hope, um, or even about establishing maybe a special needs ministry here. Testing. 
presentation this morning. It really touched my heart. Um, a good friend of mine has a son with cerebral palsy, and he's actually getting his doctorate now. So um, I was thinking about him and his journey, and he, I, I watched him his whole life grow up. And like you just said, he never, he never knew he had a disability. And um, so there is a lot, but, but his mother fought for him to be mainstreamed, and that allowed him to flourish and grow. And he went to, he's a Morehouse man, and he went to Emory and got his, his master's, now he's getting a doctorate. Um, and he has, you know, things that he has, there are challenges, but he doesn't let it get in the way. Um, I would like to connect you with him. Yes. He would be an inspiration to he a would. lot. Yes, he would. Maybe be a speaker. But you I know? just wanted to thank you because I, I, I do understand everything you said. I could relate to it because I've had him at my house for dinner. I've been around him a lot. I'm friends with his uh, His aunt went to uh, high school with me. And then he wound up living in the same town that I lived in before I moved here. So just thank you for that. And um, I'd like to talk to you after service. Thank you. I was going to say, love pushes us beyond our abilities. That mother loved him enough to fight for him. And as a church body, we have to love people enough to fight for them. So no matter what people are going through, I know today we're talking about disabilities, but disabilities look like a lot of things, right? It could be mental. When we fight for people and we show them the love of Jesus... They will change. Not by our own might, because I'm sure she prayed unto the Lord and asked for strength. But God will move through that. That's a medium. Love, those four letters, is a big thing. Wow. Look at that. Praise the Lord. Ah, yes, I want to meet you. Sorry. So God is calling this young man to, to do major things for his glory. Oh, yeah. Pastor. Amen. Um, I've worked in social services for many years. In one of the capacities, I worked for the Office of Mental Health. And the disabilities that the children I worked with were mental. They, were di they had diagnoses, uh, sometimes with something as uh, common as ADHD, et cetera. Uh, while it may – so the reason I mention that is because they're different – the different needs require different skill sets. Do you provide training that will enable a church uh, who has members that might want to specialize in a ministry of uh, working with special needs kids? Is there a training available for that? Good question, Pastor. And that is something we are moving towards um, and collaborating with independent um, people or contracted people that offer these services so that we can train people to do that within the church capacity. And I think we are now in a place where we realize that we need these skill set and people who have these skill set that work in the body of Christ because they're, they're, they're very um, crucial and important because we all are not um, knowledgeable in everything. And it's okay to, to know that, um, that we need these people in, in, in here that can help us with, with those things. So thank you so much. That is something that we are looking toward to do. 
Um, and I'm excited to actually see that because I really want churches to know that they can do it and for this not to be um, a hindrance to open the doors to people living with disabilities. Yes, sir. Well, I was one growing disability. I had a lisp and I stuttered real bad. So up until like, I'm getting emotional. They, they tell you I'm losing a profit around here. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lisp and a stutter real bad, so I didn't communicate. So they thought I had issues. I just didn't want people to hear me talk because I heard my voice for the first time on a recording. Mm -hmm. and, and it took the, uh, the love and the specialty of my mom. She volunteered in the school to uh, so that I could get ed educated. And she ended up spending 40 years working there for special needs kids. So sometimes it takes that extra, that extra push. And it could just be something as simple as a lisp and a stutter and the child is scared to speak and I'm that child. And now when we talk about the Lord, I just can't stop. <laughs> and uh, people don't understand why I cry so much. I'm just so overjoyed at what God can do and what he did with me and where he brought me from. And I don't know where he's taking me to, but I'm willing. Amen? I'm sorry. Um, I met someone that told me a story about a parent who is living in denial. And so when we have these children, and it takes a few years to grasp and fully understand what it is, but whoever may listen to this later, or maybe you're here, that you don't, do not have to be in denial. And I think the denial comes with trying to understand how this child will be accepted in society as the way that they are. So a lot of parents, instead of them addressing or helping the child even get early intervention so that they, we can find out what he can do and help him master that thing that they reject it and don't get the child the help that they need until they're like grown enough where they're sitting in the class you know or in school and they start taking these tests and then they realize there's something going on by then it's, it's too late you know you got to put a handle on that thing immediately and get the child the help that he or she needs so that he can flourish um, the way that the Lord wants him to next question Okay. Uh, I've seen parents who have brought their special needs child to the church. And just in general, I thank God for our children's ministry. And many parents would not come to church if we didn't have that. Uh, so I've seen them struggle to uh, keep their child from being distracted. Or, And so how would you advise those who work in the children's ministry when there are special needs children that may be end up in that room, what would you recommend in terms of a, 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 a modality of care? I think it's good to, for that individual to have a buddy. And uh, my son has a one-on-one -on -one nurse, right? And the nurse comes in because he has a D-tube. Um, he doesn't eat regular food like us, so... Um, he does have his feeding at nighttime, but during the day he can drink his special formula in a sippy cup. So that's why he has a nurse that qualifies him to get that. But if he had um, a buddy, someone one-on-one -on -one that can care for him, you know, that would help a lot so that the teacher of the class can focus on the other kids while the buddy focuses specifically on that person. All right. Someone told me that I was out of time. 
that's really, really good. And this is why this ministry is so profound is because God is saying it is time for the church now, the body of Christ, to bridge that gap between them and us because there are millions, okay, of them that feel the same way. My God, what are we doing? He wants us to wake up. No matter what people are going through, and I'm going to speak on this, even homosexuality. There's a lot going right now in the, in the church. And I know that we're supposed to be the gatekeepers. But don't keep the people away that needs to hear the, the gospel. Let them sit. Let them hear. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You don't think that God is powerful enough that he will reach them where they are? Come on, that's what he did for us. He reached us where we were. But you got to let them in. So by saying, no, this is not allowed. That's not allowed. That's not allowed. So what I'm going to say is I'm not coming. And so now there's a wall between them and what God wants to do. Just because you can see their sin, that doesn't mean what you're going through and what you're doing is better than what they're doing. And that's the thing. We judge people because now I know your business, so I'm going to put your business out there. That ain't right. But what about the stuff that we can't see? What about the stuff that nobody knows about? So that word L-O-V-E is so powerful, and you have to love them beyond what they're going through. Little act, random, um, random acts of kindness just to show them some love. And when they trust you enough, now you can invite them to church. God will send people in your, in your life. He will send somebody. I always say, because I have a daughter and I have children, I say, Lord, when I can't reach them, Lord, I need you to send a ram in the bush that can speak to them. Come on, how many of y'all, y'all have kids to know that there's some things that you say they won't hear, but let somebody else say it. <laughs> they hear it all day. Sister Sansa told me something, but I said the same thing. You ain't hear me. <laughs> and so God will send a ram in the bush. So to answer your question is to love her. And you may have, because you know her personally and you know Jesus, that you, it's your responsibility now to disciple her. And just talk to her. Say, you know, this, you know, God loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Someone died for you. And so in spite of you feeling rejected because we don't understand, and, you have to, and I, I had to realize this, I used to feel bitter. When people looked at me a certain way, child, I was ready. No, you're not looking at me like that. Don't look at me like that. Or they're staring or whatever. Way back when, okay, I'm delivered from that. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but you, you're getting ready, and you're putting your defenses up, and that's what people are doing. They're putting the, their defense mechanism up, so what you, whatever you have to say, they're not even going to hear it. But if you say, God bless you, you know, or good morning, how was your day? You have to be kind and show love, and the Lord will do the rest. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Man, that opened my eyes to so many different things. Um, stuff that I had not even ever considered before. You always think that when you see somebody with a disability, God's got them. That's not always the case. Amen. And so we are called to do something different. So we're going to pray out this morning. Thank you, my sister. 
Thank you so much for the things that you've shared this morning. God, we thank you today. God, we magnify you. We glorify you. We thank you for opening up our eyes to different things this morning, oh God. God, we thank you this morning that we will not walk out of here being the same way that we came in this morning. God, that your compassion faileth not. And so we thank you on this morning for equipping us with compassion for people that are not like us, oh God. And so we thank you today. Have your way in this place on this morning. God, you are here. You are present. And we thank you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.